Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. everybody and welcome to ginger on ginger the podcast for two redhead comedians choose a word phrase or concept and then talk about it through our gingery lens i'm jacob godby oh and i'm sean kirkpatrick i kind of just threw that at you uh <laughs> sean's joining us he uh they are co-hosting and i just want you all to know that alex is on a sabbatical he is in um uh, a tropical forest on the Galapagos searching for the monkey that he lost as a child. Uh, we wish him the best of luck in his personal journeys. Yes. Yes. Alex should be back next week. Um, but yeah, we've got Sean, the next best thing currently <laughs> kind of a ginger, right? Is it like uh, a, sort of an Auburn going? I got red tips is what's happening. So back at the beginning of quarantine, Ooh. I dyed my hair red, uh, but like, you know, unnatural red, you know, uh, uh, drugstore box dye red. And then I cut all my hair off and it, now it's grown and I have, it's seriously, if I'm out in the sun, it's like just the little, the little tip of my hair is nice and red. Nice. I like it. Hey, this week we are brought to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Do you like how uh, professionally I weaved that in there? I just loved, so this whole time, I always thought that you were reading off of a script. You're not. You have that memorized. Like, that was super impressive. You just sort of, like, clicked into ad mode. I loved that. <laughs> At this point, I've read that specific one enough that I'm like, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. <laughs> they, they mix it up, but um, it hasn't been mixed up in a little while. We've done, you know, Podgo is the shortest one, so that's the one we, I go with usually. <laughs> that makes sense. Do they give you a freedom to sort of, you know, toss in your own? Like maybe if you don't want to say it's a good product, you can say it's an okay product. Like, yeah. So (laughs) each each ad has like a notes section, and then it says you don't have to follow the script verbatim. um, But if you don't like the this one is if you don't follow the script, please make sure you include the website or the gallery that we do says feel free to alter the copy. Just make sure to include the website and the promo code. So. Uh, you can you can say whatever you want. That doesn't mean when you submit it that you'll get paid if you're you know, tar- tarnishing the good name of uh, the people at Podgo. But and honestly, like peel back behind the curtain, Podgo, the the guy that works there called me and he was like, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. It was the episode where Alex talked about the hike that he went on and almost didn't survive when he was a kid." Ah. Uh. And Classic. he was like, I listened to all like 19 minutes of that hike because I couldn't turn it off. So I love your guys. <laughs> I love that story. Um, and I was like, kind of just touched that we got like a personal phone call. So Podgo is very much like a little startup thing. And we're happy to kind of, I think, like be on board. They, they've been very, very easy to work with. I did not intend to start this uh, whole <laughs> episode like this. This is the longest ad you've done so far. Yeah. 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 Maybe they'll kick in an extra dollar this month. <laughs> Here you go. Get yourself something nice. Well, how are you, Sean? You're uh, in Portland. How are things going there? Uh, well, that's a bit of a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so as I'm sure everybody knows, the West Coast is on fire. Uh, Portland has had the worst air quality in the world for the past several days. Um, but it's supposed to be clearing out. I mean, I don't have much to complain about. 
I'm in a basement. I'm indoors. I'm not going outside. It's great. Honestly, I've, I've always been the type of person who just enjoys staying inside and watching movies and playing games and uh, ch- chatting with friends online or whatever. So basically, since March, I've been in heaven. I've been in paradise. That's exactly what I was going to say is quarantine was kind of built for you. I'm just in a basement on my computer. Yeah. Are you excited for the uh, the remaster of the Mario games coming out on Friday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Already pre-ordered. Um, I'm tempted to buy, so I have it pre-ordered digitally. I'm tempted to get the physical just so that way in, you know, 20 years, assuming there's still a planet earth, I can be like, look, I spent too much money on a limited release video game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't have to carry around like a little unmarked SD card, right? Like, and for people who don't know what we're talking about, uh, on the Nintendo switch for a limited amount of time, Nintendo is releasing remastered uh three pack of super mario 64 super mario sunshine and super mario galaxy and i've only played galaxy so i'm really excited i've only played 64 so i'm also really excited i don't know if you were this way but like we had like one or two friends in my friend group who had a gamecube i feel like it was almost sort of like a like a hard thing to track down for sunshine Uh, because we both haven't played sunshine is what i'm getting at I see. Uh, I had a friend who had a GameCube, and we only played Pokemon Coliseum XD Gale of Darkness. Yeah. That was the only GameCube game I think that he had. I don't know if he had any other GameCube games, because that was the only game we would play. We had One of my friends had like the Sonic Adventure 2 game thing. And there was a couple uh, levels where you could be Sonic characters, like rail grinding. Yeah. And it was fun. It was super fun. Is that the one where you start with either Hero or Dark? Is that the one with uh, Shadow the Hedgehog? This one is mostly like mini games. It's like... Oh, okay. I I don't know. I'm not even sure if we played the story mode. (laughs) We mostly went to the rail grinding mini game. And that's the majority of what we played on the GameCube. Uh, But we were... I was kind of a... When I was at my friend's houses, I was a PS2 kid. But at home, Nintendo, bitch, for life. That... Uh, same. I was a Nintendo bitch, but also a Sony bitch. Uh, my friends were the ones who would have an Xbox or a GameCube. And who boy, did I never get into Xbox? No, I haven't seen an Xbox in the wild in like a while. I think they've really shat, shat themselves in the foot. Uh, let me combine two things. <laughs> <laughs> they really shat the bed and shot themselves in the foot with their very convoluted naming process. This is not an original thought. This is not an original idea. Everybody's yeah, pointing Xbox, it out. Xbox 360, Xbox One, whatever that new one is that everybody's joking about on Twitter. Yeah, so there's the Xbox One X, the Xbox One S, the Xbox <laughs> Series X, the Xbox Series S, and they all do different things. And I've been, because I read video game news instead of regular news, because I don't like to cry every morning. Um, and I've been reading the articles about the new Xbox, and I cannot understand what they are talking about. <laughs> at least at least pick two different letters that don't sound the same. S and X are too similar, especially if you're a 60, 70-year-old trying to get a gift for their grandchild. Who boy. I feel bad for retail workers this holiday season. Oh, can you imagine? My grandma, I mean, she called Pokemon Pokemon. <laughs> That's something else. And it is. It's something else entirely. Uh, <laughs> led her to several uh, interesting bookstores. But could you <laughs> imagine? Just like, I need an Xbox Series X, 
S series. Like poor person that works at Target. I'm with you on that one. And also all those poor perverts that are going to be going in looking for a sex box. Like they're going to walk away with something with 12 teraflops or whatever. Do you uh, remember the episode of Nathan for you where he builds a sex box? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's a box where it's like a soundproof box and you put a child inside and then you close the box and then the family or the parents can have sex in the same room. Like if you're on vacation and can only afford one hotel room uh, and the kids just in the box. (laughs) Yep. I do remember that episode. Yeah. There's a full on orgy scene. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it. (laughs) I love that show. It's the hardest I've ever laughed by myself while watching something. I just showed my roommate the dumb Starbucks episode because oh, she had never seen classic. it. And I hope she liked it. She seemed a little confused. Like, I don't think that she got that it happened in real life. Like, this was a real thing that he did was make a store in L.A. called Dumb Starbucks. Those yeah. were real people who were tricked, I guess, or who who were interested in it. The news actually covered it. It went viral. Very clever, very clever man, that Nathan Fielder. It was fun when I lived in um, pretty much Burbank because a lot of the show was filmed in like Burbank, Glendale area, which is just north and northeast of L.A. Uh, This is all within the same like fucking 30 miles, Um, but there's like nine different cities. And it was fun to like drive by some of the spots. Like I lived only like two miles away from the pet cemetery where he takes out like a giant headstone. And advertises for a business. And I drove by that and I was like, that looks really familiar. So that was cool. That's, I don't live near as many filming locations, but Portland also has some film. Right down the street from me is the Women and Women First Bookstore from Portlandia. Nice. So that's my one. I've been by a film. I've been by a famous location too, Jacob. You're not special. Well, with I Think You Should Leave, all of the exteriors for that entire season were filmed in North Hollywood, where I lived. And so I like recognize street names. And I'm like, I have walked on that street. I probably missed this. Like, I lived there with the production cycle. I lived there when they were making it. I probably saw them filming and just didn't know what was happening, which makes me so upset. That's like <laughs> the closest I've been to actually being involved in like a cool comedy show because I know of like a person in one of the episodes who has a line. And so I'm like, Oh, so close. And then, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, Sean, what's our word of the day? Oh, I thought you were going to, do you not sing it live? No, every guest says this. (laughs) I don't sing it live. It's pre-recorded. I can't harmonize like a three part harmony with myself. I mean, that'd be pretty impressive. Uh, Pretty impressive. If you could. All right, your word of the day is controversy. Oh, controversy. Controversy. So, Jacob, have you ever been involved in anything controversial? I, not that I know of, and I only say this because I'm not saying that I've never done something worthy of controversy, uh, even in Gingers on Ice, but we were never big enough to become controversial. <laughs> like if we had said probably some of the jokes that we did back in the day on a uh, national or global scale, our tweets might be getting pulled up right now. Not in like a, we're, we, not that we're like hating people or anything. It's just like from a very naive place. Like a lot of my high school videos and humor is from a very naive 
I have never left like my bubble place. So they're not I, hateful. I don't hold like hate in my heart. I don't hold, you know, like bigotry and stuff. So they're not from that, but things I have definitely done jokes that I didn't understand the full gravity of when I said them. Sure. Uh, that's, I think, um, uh, uh, wow. I'm saying uh, a lot. That is an issue that younger comedians definitely go through or people like first finding their comedy voice when you're just sort of parroting, parroting the things that you have heard before without realizing what you're saying or the history of where that joke comes from or what have you. I did not mean for this to be serious right off the top. I thought that this would just be a fun, no, not a self-cancel, but a, you know. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about comedy a lot on this comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My intention with it sort of was to be like a love letter to the Gingers on Ice fans. Like, we're going to talk about how we wrote things and did stuff. And then we end up just talking about like nature stuff half the time. (laughs) That's true. Well, lucky for you, I'm not an an outdoors person. So this will be a nature free episode. Uh, So this is a love letter to your Gingers on Ice fans. So uh, let's see if we can name all five of them. There's your mom. There's me. There's, I was hoping you would interrupt this bit. We have Cody from Helena. Cody from Helena. Yeah, Cody came to the second ever Ginger Sun Ice show at the Roxy Theater, and I saw him taking pictures of our set list, and I was like, I don't know that guy. And he's pretty much been at everything since, and I has bought, like, Strawberry Blonde merch when I was running under that moniker for a little while. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it just shares a lot of our stuff, sort of... Uh, an undying support of us and I, I do appreciate it. Wow. Well, shout out to Cody from Helena. So what's that three? I think that's it. <laughs> that's three. <laughs> Your mom, Cody from Helena, me. I'm going to take myself out as a fan though, because that's what I mean. A know, lot of our fans are some, also some friends. Of early stuff. <laughs> some, of, some of the early stuff. Yeah. But I remember even at, when I was younger, like having a conviction, like I've spent so much time crafting this joke that it'll never like go bad. Like I, I thought that some of our stuff would stand the test of time. That does not. <laughs> yeah. Comedy is the quickest to spoil. Like it ages very quickly. At least good comedy ages quickly. And I say that as a compliment for the most part, there are some things that even for their time, you're like, did you, re- did you really need to say that? Did you really need to use that word choice? But then there's other things that, we're edgy then and are edgy now and make a point blazing saddles, I think is a great example of that where it is. It it's unfortunate that what it was satirizing is still relevant today, but everything is done for a point. That being said, I mean, Mel Brooks probably could have pulled back on the N words just a little bit, but controversy baby gets those clicks. Gets those uh, those tickets, yeah. I guess, um, I, sort of consciously, Alex and I kept controversy out of our shows for the most part, um, I, and tried to create material based on like evergreen topics. I know mind battle is like a weird example here, but you can joke about necrophilia till it etern- like for eternity. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't go bad. <laughs> well. If you keep it in a, if you keep it in a cooler, it won't go bad. <laughs> um, so we tried to, we tried to, if something was, uh, and we slipped in a couple of, like topical things that was intentional. Uh, 
we used some Vaseline and we slipped in a couple of topical things once in a while, but being, uh, you know, doing comedy in Montana and, and all over Montana, not just Missoula, we would kind of cater our set lists to the places we were going. Um, and I'm not so sure that I would do that now. I, I do feel differently, but at the time, you know, again, not really having left the Montana bubble, it made sense for us to sort of cater to the audience that we were going to be, that was paying to see us. Well, that makes sense. Cause Montana audiences, I also did theater and comedy in Montana we for those can listeners talk about who origin, don't know yeah. who I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I did stuff at the brewery follies in Virginia city shout out. Um, and that theater bills itself as very like we're the edgy like don't bring your grandparents to see us but basically all it was like it's it's quote-unquote edginess was just jokes about people from butte being drunk all the time and you know oh missoula is so liberal you know it, it was just very montana specific jokes that were for a very specific crowd and so a lot of that material from that time while i had fun doing it I can't really do anything else with it because it was so niche. It was so specific for these tourists for the summer season who are coming to a tiny town in Montana from the other tiny town that was just like 12 miles away. Yeah. And I have, I want to continue that, but I got to take a brewery follies aside. Uh, I think it was my senior year or the year before my grandparents took me on a little trip of Western Montana because I was pretty sure I was going to Missoula for school. And we saw the Brewery Follies at Virginia City. And the only thing I remember is that someone did a parody of Wagon Wheel and the lyrics were, Club me, darling, like a baby seal. Uh, Yeah, so that was, I actually know who that was because I also went to see the Follies that same summer. Uh, that was a man named Bobby Gutierrez, who maybe will never listen to this, but shout out to him as well. And that was the thing that I saw that made me like the Follies and why I was so excited to join them. Cause it was, I don't know if you remember any of the rest of the lyrics. It was an S and M themed parody of wagon wheel. And nice. like the hook was, Ooh, mama spank me was the like <laughs> chorus I dig it. and stuff. Yeah. So my grandparents were livid. They made us leave at intermission and out in the parking lot, I saw Bobby and I was like, hey, man, my grandparents are making us leave, but I thought that was great. And he took a big drag off his cigarette and he went, thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and that was the day you knew you wanted to be a comedian. I guess. <laughs> oh, catering to different audiences. Alex and I also had a lot of like niche humor, not even just about Montana, but humor that would play to Montana people. And when yeah. we did our first tour... When we first played in Portland, like we had like a small 30 minute set. And afterwards, all I could think of was like, wow, our set was aggressively heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never felt that before because that was just kind of like what we felt was the default in Montana. Yeah, that was when you were making the Gingers on Ice pilot. I was one of the few people lucky enough to get to read the scripts before they were filmed, which was fun. I'm, I'm saying few. I'm sure you sent it to a bunch of people. But the one note that I had was it was very straight. And I was glad that you changed the phone game. Yeah. So there was a gay couple, which was just a nice little, hey, 
hey, us us <laughs> yeah. us queers would also like a little bit of a little bit of that comedy pie, please. Just yeah. shoot us a little. And now I would even something. go further and probably cast a queer person as that character. Uh, that might be a step too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, being in L.A. and just working with people from different groups and stuff like that made me way more like conscious of that. And going back and watching things from like high school where it's just like eight white dudes just sitting around a table like cracking one liners. I have an appreciation for that. I have nostalgic memories of that. It's not a bad thing. But now I when I do write things, I do try to be more inclusive. Well, that's one thing that comedy has that a lot of other mediums don't necessarily have, which is the ability to be significantly more inclusive from the get-go. Does that always happen? No. Comedy is also the first example that comes to my mind of, like, explicit diversity, of, like, we're not afraid to be more than just white and male, we're going to highlight all these different voices, highlight all these different people, all these different characters. And I think that comedy has the ability to be a great tool for good, assuming it's wielded by people who are also looking to do good. Me yeah, sounds smart say, with words. Me don't word, say good people. Smart, I've good. met a lot of bad comedians. Uh, oh, no. Oh, that's the other thing. But with good intentions. Comedy, yeah. Comedy can also breed horrible people. I mean, really, please know that what I'm about to say next is facetious. Really, if we just get rid of all the straight white males for a while, I think comedy Honestly. Would, <laughs> would really leaps and bounds forward for I a while. frequently make that joke to people. They're like, oh, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm not recording a podcast with my straight white male friend. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy is a tool for good, bad people with good intentions kind of thing. Um, and how I don't think just because someone is funny that they inherently deserve a platform, which is yes. wild to me when someone does bad that they don't just lose their platform immediately. Like, it's crazy to me that they jump back in the fold six months ago and they're like, hey, this is all I know how to do. I'm really sorry. And it's like, it just if you did something bad enough, you should not have that platform. And it's very easy for me or not very easy, I guess, to separate the art from the artist. Whenever like a band or a musician gets canceled, boom, they are gone. I do not listen to them. Like it is not hard for me to just cut them out of my life. Yes, I would agree. There are plenty, I mean, for me personally, once I find out how shitty someone is or whatever, I just, I'm done. I'm like, wow, I had a great fun time reading those books or listening to that music or watching those movies, but... I can be done with that chapter in my life because now this frees up space in my pop culture brain for some some fantasy that isn't written by a turf or a stand-up show that insists on using the F word that isn't written by a, a man who likes to masturbate in front of women. You know, those are two very specific examples. But but but, but I agree with you that the memories can still be there. You don't yeah. have to erase the the warm feelings you have from Kanye albums, you know? Like I I yeah. always remember getting into it and bonding with my sister and bonding with Alex over like finally we had a rap album that we both enjoyed. But I'm not going to listen to new Kanye or give him money in any way. Is where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> you know? Yes. Definitely. I you know, I might vote for him for president though. He's got a lot of pretty good ideas. Mhm. Mm um <laughs> God no, I, yes, I think 
it, I think we as a society, I mean, cancel culture doesn't really exist. That's just like a phrase that is thrown around to scare people for whatever reason. But I think we as a society should be okay with just being done with things. Like we don't need to, just because we liked something in the 80s doesn't mean we have to like it now. And that applies to things that aren't even by people who have been quote unquote canceled. Like it could just be something that's like, yeah, it was funny for its time or it was good for its time, but we've done things that are a lot better. And so we don't need to watch this again. And here's my controversial opinion, the Godfather trilogy. We don't need to worship those movies anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would be happy. I mean, as a creative who's been doing creative things for a decade or more, I would be stoked if like Mrs. Ghost released an album and we hit the top of the charts, we toured and then people decided they didn't like us anymore. But I had to get that. I got that one experience, you know, like I I got that huge album and I got to make money doing something I love. Like, why would I be bitter about not being able to do it instead of like again, instead of being like the same with the Delish show? Like, yeah, it's a bummer that it got canceled and I wish it had gone on longer, but it's really cool to be able to like look back and think like, you know, how cool was it that we did get to do that and, and look objectively at the numbers and say, I understand why we didn't get to make more. It, which that's a shame because there were quite a few episodes of that, that I thoroughly enjoyed, but oh, I that's defini- one of those. I, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it's like, that's going to, yeah, that's going to be your like cult, like hidden gem, but I can see why a cooking network website whatever they are would look at it and go no yeah no that's one of those things that now i would do entirely differently like i love it for what it is but to me it feels like a really messy like sophomore album where you're like the band's like doesn't know quite what they're doing and they have a weird couple experiments and then if they stick around for that third album you know that's that's their best thing alex and i are currently waiting for our third album but i was texting trevor and i was like you just wait in our thirties, we're going to make a, I think you should leave style comeback and <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. So in this metaphor is getting your show canceled on delish, the same as getting fired from SNL. I, I likened it to Detroiters, which had also okay. ran for two seasons. And then I read an interview with Tim Robinson where he talked about before the second season came out, they knew they were canceled. So he had to go around and do like press and stuff and talk about how excited he was for the upcoming season and um, just pretend that he didn't know because they hadn't announced the cancellation yet. And that same thing happened when season two rolled around of Ginger's On. I did like one or two podcasts and people were like so excited about it and I already knew the show was canceled. <laughs> so, um, Oops. Yeah, so I, I like I like to think that that was our Detroiters moment, just a weird cult show that some people really enjoy. Obviously is strange and I would do differently now. And we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, our I think you should leave comeback if that happens at all. I mean, like I said, I have hardly written any comedy this year. It's not something that's been really like begging me to to join it. So I haven't I don't force it anymore. I used to force it and I don't anymore. You've been in some comedy this year, though. Have I? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like sitting here. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I love being the uh, lead role in your two uh, screenplay readings. <laughs> but actually, I really, really like those scripts. I think you have a good, a way, way better handle on like drama and stakes than I do. 
And oh, I've kind of thanks. always thought that. Like, I'm always more invested in what you're writing than what I'm writing. <laughs> um, so that's. I mean, but, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. Plug plug these though. T- tell people where they can see them. Yeah, I didn't mean for that to be a plug section. That was just more of me trying to boost you up out of your. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. And then I was like, "What thing. have I done?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, Sean's." <laughs> Sean's very funny screenplays. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah, the COVID conspiracy and the COVID corruption. I think those are the titles of the things that I read. Yeah, contingency get... is the upcoming one. Correct. Uh, so you can watch the first two at least on my website, Sean Kirkpatrick.work. That's S-E-A-N-K-I-R-K-P-A-T-R-I-C-K dot W-O-R-K. Uh, those are, those are there, which are great fun. And also while we're on this topic, so the third one, COVID contingency is coming out, which I'm currently in the process of writing, but also because I like to overwork myself and give myself more issues, I am writing what I'm calling a virtual play and it's called me again. And more information about that will be coming soon, but it's a, I'm going back to my weird meta sci-fi roots it's about a group of friends who discover a way to become literally brand new people during the covid pandemic Hmm. that sounds interesting i'm excited to hear more um i guess we should probably (laughs) wrap up the word of the day we can still do you know police blatter and stuff but we should wrap up the word of the day (gasps) by explaining who we are to each other (laughs) oh yeah let's do this is like a backwards podcast yeah We'll do the intros at the end. We should have started with plugs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Sean and I met at the University of Montana seven years ago this month. Oh, shit. Isn't that wild? Basically, yeah. I went to school. Oh, boy. We went to school together and. Want to feel old? <laughs> Sean at the time was running the university players, the school's improv troupe. And I got involved and we just started making stuff together and. There, we don't make nearly as much stuff together as we used to, but we have also never stopped. Like there hasn't been like an extended period of time where we haven't at least chatted or, you know, been involved in each other's lives. Yeah. Or just sending each other writing bits to be like, hey, yes, yes. Is this anything? Am I, am I okay with this? Is this okay? (laughs) Please, somebody tell me that they like me. Right. That's basically it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what friends are for, right? We have a uh, meme group chat going on almost, it's, I think, three years this month. I started that in Koreatown when I was very lonely. Wow. There's a very niche plug. Hey, check out our (laughs) uh, meme thread, which has seven people on it. If you're one of those seven, this is for you. If you're not, then fuck off. Yeah, you don't get to join. It's very private. It's very exclusive. <laughs> Cody, you can't buy your way into the meme <laughs> chat. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on controversy, Sean? I wish more people would be open with their hot takes because I think a lot of hot takes are not as hot as people think they are. For example, I received a text from a friend earlier today that was like, hot take I like M. Night Shyamalan's movies. 
And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's not a hot take. He's a very successful writer-director. He keeps getting work for a reason. So I think if we were a little more open with our hot takes, then, you know, we'd find common ground. But also, we would find the people that we definitely want to avoid a little more easily than otherwise. So, yeah, that's my hot take. Be more open with your hot takes. I like that. Mine is a little more of like on a national scale. I think I've spent more time on Twitter recently, less time on Facebook on purpose. Uh, And I've noticed a lot of people on Twitter just say things as matter of fact, especially when something bad happens in the news. They go, this is bad. This is unprecedented. We need to stop this. And then nothing happens in the real world to stop it. Just because you say something on a tweet does not mean that that affects any real change. So we need to organize more and figure out ways to affect real change instead of just tweeting back and forth at each other all the time. Uh, matter of fact things like, yes, we know everything is bad. We know everything is unprecedented. We know that it needs to change. So let's do it. Also, Twitter is not real life. I'm very tired of articles that are like, you won't believe what people are saying. And it's a link to like five tweets. That's not real. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter has like a, for me, uh, to me, it seems like it has a very low threshold for like what goes viral. Like people, I've seen it the last couple of days, people will get like 300 retweets and then they'll do that thing where they subtweet themselves and they go, LOL, this blew up. Here's my SoundCloud. But like are dead serious. And I'm like, that's not like shit that goes viral on Facebook. gets hundreds of millions of views, like 60,000 retweets. Not quite the same. Very true. I just, all right, Sean, all social media should be canceled. Yeah. Hot take. Straight up. I'm done with it. Like, I'm, I'm super over it. Uh, you want to do a police blotter? Yeah, let's do it. Police blotter. A caller reported an individual showed up at their house with a clipboard wanting to check their television. Officers responded and advised this was a legitimate salesman. <laughs> That's how, like, stuck in the 80s my hometown is, is that people still go door-to-door during a pandemic to sell you TVs. (laughs) Either that or it was the person from the Nielsen group who was checking up on that person because they're in a very valuable demographic. Angry white men in their 50s. Yeah. (laughs) They, uh... Yeah, they just showed up to... I don't... How do you think they check Nielsen boxes? I like to think they just... Like, they have a little, like, data vacuum and they just hook it in and... (gasps) it's a it's a lot like that scene in what is it batman forever where edward nigma puts the little device on the tv that scans everybody's brains that's what the (laughs) nielsen group is doing they've got a big green blender that just sucks out all your (laughs) thoughts on tv an individual requested information on what to do about receiving prank calls (laughs) that's the best prank call right there yeah 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 they're just paying it forward (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like how bad is a prank call that you have to call 911 like what do i do they ask if my refrigerator is running officer they they keep asking me if i have prince albert in a can i don't understand please <laughs> i don't know a huge ass <laughs> here's a really montana one a caller reported they hit three elk and totaled their truck just outside the petroleum county line so they hit the first one they're like, oh, nope, I'm still good. I can drive. It's fine. They popped it in reverse and just <laughs> popped it in reverse. They hit the second one. It 
you know, smashes into their grill, shatters their windshield. Nope, this is still good. I can make it home. We're fine. And then they hit the third deer. And that's what, that was the selling point. Oh, no, no. That was the, like. These are elk. These are, like, oh, deer elk. on steroids. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm very aware of. Your your car will get totaled or your truck or whatever. And, in fact, the next one says a caller spoke to a deputy about how to obtain a roadkill permit. <laughs> it's the same caller. Can I tattle on myself briefly? Yeah. One time I hit a deer, but it was the least exciting way to hit a deer. So I was driving back from the grocery store in Missoula, kind of at nighttime. It's like 930 or whatever. It's dark. This is an area where there's normally deer. I see this group of deer, you know, prance across the road looking majestic as hell. And I slam on my brakes. As I'm coming to a stop, so I can't be going more than five miles per hour, this other deer leaps in front of me and stops, and I just (laughs) barely tap it with my car. It falls over and gets up and looks at me with this, like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Look. And then prances away like nothing happened. And I started crying because I had never hit an animal before in my life. I wasn't going very fast. Obviously it was fine, but it scared the shit out of me. And they, it does like from that to totaling your truck. Like it is a, it is an experience. I've, I've never hit a deer while driving, but I've been in several vehicles that have hit deers deers deer and yeah it's it's not uh it doesn't feel good and we're gonna end no. with a different one <laughs> that's funnier <laughs> a 911 caller reported that something just crashed through their bedroom window another caller reported they saw some individuals in the church parking lot hitting golf balls officers responded and located 32 range balls and determined that one of the balls went through the window of the first caller that was, I'd like to apologize. That was me. I was trying to, I was trying to cut a couple strokes off my game. So I do apologize. That's what I call jacking off is uh, stroking my game. <laughs> this is, we're at the point of the podcast where I say things uh, that I wouldn't normally say and I'd laugh at the end because I can't do it seriously. Uh, Sean, thank you so, so, so much for joining and stepping in while Alex is on his sabbatical in the Galapagos. Uh, I told him to bring us some souvenirs. So we'll see what he comes back with. And he brings me one of those big turtles. Like a really, (laughs) just like an old ass turtle. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) The shit can live on my bed. I'll sleep on the floor. (laughs) Just picturing a big ass turtle, like right behind me right now. Just chilling. I wish turtles made more noise. Like I wish they had like a, that they would do. (laughs) Have you ever heard a turtle? Fuck. No. Everybody right now, go onto YouTube and search turtle sex. And there is a pretty great video of a turtle fucking where it makes that exact sound, Jacob. That's That's what turtles having sex sounds like. All right. Well, I'm very excited. Anything else you would like to plug before we head out? Um, My social media. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore K underscore. That's right. It's very confusing. (laughs) And also you can follow my cat. His name is Harris Littles. Littles is spelled L-I-T-T-E-L-S. Yep, that's really all I got to plug. Other than, you know, my friendship with Jacob and Alex. My, I'd like to say thank you to my friends, uh, my family, and all of my loved ones, both near and far. Thank you.
That's beautiful. Well, <laughs> end it right there. Thank you, Sean. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>